Today, Jeff Keeney shares what he learned about change when he took over his family's business. He discovered quickly that what brought his dad a success so many years ago is not going to work for him. It's Driving Change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. This podcast was created to improve our members' experience and further assist with their growth. My hope is that you'll find the stories you hear from fellow shop owners relatable to where you are, where you were, or where you want to be, ultimately inspiring you to take that next necessary step. You'll be hearing how others fought the same fight and what they did to get through it and come out better on the other side. Tune in each week for another inspiring story to drive change in your shop. So I'm here today with Jeff Keeney from Southside Tire and Auto right here in Frederick, Maryland. So Jeff's story goes back to age 14 in 1983 when he worked for his dad at Butler Tire. And then all he would skip all the way fast forward to 2010. He spent all those years working for his dad. And uh, you'll hear a little later how Jeff, Mr. Go-Getter here, decided he was going to open up a second location. So in 2010, he opened Butler Tire, location number two. And uh, unfortunately, just a few months later, his dad had passed. And in 2011, he renamed that second location Southside Tire. Um, right around the same time, he joined ATI. And two years later, he was doing so well, he had to relocate into a larger facility where he currently is located. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. So, Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Good. Well, we're glad to have you. And, uh, you know, before Jeff gives his little story, because he's got a hell of a story to tell, um, I just want to let everybody have a, a just a quick little preview. Jeff is going to tell us about the biggest problem he faced when he became this entrepreneur, or at least had this desire, I think unconsciously, to become this entrepreneur. have a seizure. Yep, that's right. Oh, the seizure. Mm. Okay, good. Um, and when he opened the second location, I'm sure he, was, he wasn't planning on his dad passing, and, and there was a lot of things that I'm sure he struggled with then. But the realization that his biggest problem was what he saw every morning when he looked in the mirror. So uh, I think he's got a great story for us, and I can't wait to hear it. So, Jeff, without further ado, you're up, pal. All right, thank you. Glad to be here. Um, like so many uh, other businesses uh, getting started, um, I, I feel that uh, they have the same story I have, Jeff. Okay, um, when I started out as a kid, uh, wanting to work, 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 it was instilled in me to work as hard as I can, as much as I can, and make a little bit of money. Um, Wait, the, did they actually say that? Make a little bit of money? Well, or was, that, then, or was that what then, you believed? But back then, it was a little <laughs> bit of money. You know, we would, we would, uh, the farmers would call. We would go out during a Saturday night, Sunday morning. We wouldn't charge any extra for overtime. It was just get the job done. Let's work. Let's help help the customer out. Let's build a company. Let's work hard. And what we get is what we get. It's it's hard to charge. Uh, a lot of money because then they're not going to call us. Right. So right. It, it was a big struggle we had at the beginning. Okay. So then from there, uh, it, it took uh, 20, 22 years of, of working hard, um, doing things the wrong way as I know now. Um, 
working many hours for a little bit of money. Um, it's it's easy to instill in yourself that it's uh, it's okay not to make any money. Um, we shouldn't be charging people too much money. Um, it's easy to say, uh, you know, they're not going to want to deal with us. Uh, so we, we need to watch what we do. And for many years, that was, that is what we did. Is that how your dad ran the place? That's how my dad ran yeah. the place. And, and at the time, it was okay because I didn't have a family. Uh, we didn't have a business in town. It was on the back road. So what you seen a family you weren't married in. I wasn't married at, at the time, right. but okay. as you grow, you grow into a family, you grow into kids. Um, I always wanted more, and it was always beat into my head. Well, you don't want to move to town. You don't want to grow. You don't want to pay that much in taxes. You don't want to pay rent. You don't want more employees. And at a certain point, we grew and had. Um, we were up to probably about six or seven employees. We never wanted to be that big. We were doing a lot of farm. We were doing a lot of construction. Uh, we had a road service truck. We started out with, with no air tools, okay? We had a cattle wow. truck wow. that we bought for like three grand. We threw our air compressor in the back finally. Uh, we, we had a four-way and a breaker bar and off we went. Uh, and it was just me, me and him. And, and then we grew into six, seven employees. And, you know, listening to the E-Myth book uh, now, it, it is so true. We got to the point where my stepfather was saying, well, we could, we could scale back and just do this on our own. You know, it would be easy to do that. Um, and, and throughout this process, I found that, um, you know, I can see how businesses do that. You know, we, we struggle to get the things done and you're working too many hours. Um, then you get an employee and they kind of help out and you kind of back off say this is great you know and then you get another employee and then once you get a couple of them you think well you know we maybe want to get rid of a couple of them and it, it's too hard you know we can't hold people accountable for what they do let's just go back to the way it was and make the money we need to make and move on with it am I wrong in in Tell me if I'm wrong here, but listening to you, I'm getting the sense that maybe some people around you wanted some of these things, but you didn't see it the same way. Is that true? I was young. I didn't see the same things. My, my father didn't know. Um, basically, he knew how to work and work hard for what he had, and that kind of passed over to me. So you got a good work ethic. You got a good work good, ethic. Good. Do, what you, do what you need to do to get it done. You know, no matter. damn millennial, right? No damn millennial. <laughs> Um, so it was hard juggling with I'm employees. sorry, millennials. I didn't mean that. <laughs> so, ju so juggling with employees is hard, you know, yeah. unless you have some coaching on that kind of subject to help you along the way. Right. So, um, you know, I, I turned it. I, I realized that I was an entrepreneur. I wanted to, uh, to do um, things a little differently. I always was looking forward to what was next, what can I do? My father was always holding me back. You don't want to do that. Why are you spending the money to do this? Can't we just be happy with what we got? And I was like, no, 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 no. We need to, we need to get bigger. We got more people to come in. We got to please more people. We got to make customers happy. We need to do this. We need to do that. And, and eventually um, he seen that I was a little hard to hold back. 
So, um, but the only thing that was holding me back was the commitment of being with him and helping him through everything we needed to go through. Was it just you and your dad? Or was it was me and my dad. My stepbrother come along um, many years afterwards. So then it was us. My mom, she kind of helped out with the books um, for the most part. Okay. And then um, in about 2010, um, I, I think I pushed him to the limit where he let me uh, loosen my reins a little bit and open up a, a shop in town. And that's where it all began to where I learned how to be an owner of a shop. Um, two months after that, um, unfortunately, he passed of leukemia. Um, it, was, it was hard. We were, we were doing very well. Um, everybody in town was talking about the new store. Um, my brother started getting jealous, and my mom kind of had some pullback from that because everybody was talking about the new shop, how things were going, and um, so I convinced her to sell the shop to me because I felt like nothing was going to hold me back. Just the second location. Just the second location. Yep, yeah. I purchased the second location, and then it all began, and uh, I realized I need some help. I joined... I joined ATI in 2011. I purchased a company, Southside Tire and Auto. I changed the name and uh, began to work work hard at what we needed to do. Um, then shortly after that, I realized that um, I was too busy to do all my portal uh, reporting, talk to my coach. Uh, everything was more important than that. Right. Okay. Um, until one day I realized, you know, I'm holding myself back here. Wait, wait, I got to stop you a minute. You said everything was more important. Than that. What is everything? Absolutely everything was important. I mean, going to lunch was more important than taking that phone call. And I'm, really? so, I'm sorry, your, Nadine. Your coach is that bad. It, it, no, <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. She's no. a doll. What's uh, the matter she with you? Was, <laughs> she was. But, but like I'm saying, it, it is us that holds ourselves back. You know, yeah. it, was, it was instilled in me to just work. I, I so was, what were you doing all day? I, w I was changing tires. I was changing tires. I was I was teaching teaching people um, the, the employees we had. Hey, you don't do this. You do this. Give me the bars. I'll do it myself. Right. Um, by the way, the front door is ringing. There's somebody coming in the front door. Let me run up here and help this customer. It was it was chaos. It was a control chaos. One arm paper hanger. Right? Yes. The, the, yes. The, the jack of all trades. The I mean you you. Find the cliche. I'm sure it yes. fits, right? Yes. So what happened? I mean, you're you're doing a million things, and now you got a million and five things. What happened? Um, well, one day I took a call from my coach Nadine, and she uh, she set me straight and uh, let me know that I was paying a lot of money to talk to her, and I needed to do this. So. Uh, my, Way to my go, Nadine. yeah, Nadine. <laughs> and the other thing was, my wife was working in a print shop, and um, she was. She was laid off, and I wanted to paint the shop we just moved into, make it look a little nicer, and she'd come over, and she was on the ladder painting. I was on the ladder painting. She was painting the window. The phone rang, and um, I told her, answer the phone, answer the phone. She's like, what do I say? I says, you're a people person. You know, you talk very well. Just answer the phone see what they say. I'm up here on the ladder. So she did that. So I'm like, uh, you know what? You did that very good. Uh, maybe we'll just hire you here. That way I can stay in the back and change tires all day. So my son Jake worked in the back, and uh, Kenny, he was my alignment guy, and we, we got a lot done. So I was happy back there. And then um, there, there was this guy who kept coming in and asking us to go, uh, you know, um, 
to a couple more classes, so I, I, I did. So I took upon myself to leave my wife at the at the front counter, which was a struggle for me because um, I'm the one that wanted to have my hands on everything. Let me let me do it. I can do it. You're gonna mess it up. Um, so uh, I took a class at ATI, uh, uh, ownership class, and certain and. Uh, certainly realized there was a lot more to what I was doing than just working. So in that first class, um, your your eyes are open a little bit more to what a CEO was. might be. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, there is a CEO, it yes. sounds like. And wow, now there's a million things that I'm doing. It's two million things. I can't do two million things. And these million things I just learned aren't getting done at all, right? Right. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Tell right. me if I'm wrong here. No, it was. It, okay. it, I was doing a lot wrong. So going back, something had to change. Going back, what happened? Uh, well, it was. It was. It was a lot of things that changed. You know, um, we we sat around and people influence you to uh, uh, tell their story and, and influence you to to get better. It's okay to make money. Um, asked me why I wasn't making any money and why are you working so hard and I realized that I was holding myself back it's okay to make money you know so give us an example of one thing that well you shop supplies okay uh, I'm scared to death to charge shop supplies absolutely can't do that I heard my dad many times oh listen to these people man they charge for shop supplies. they do they charge for towels <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're ripping people off, you know. <laughs> and then once I started getting the bills for the towels, when I started getting the bills for the, 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 the sprays, the, the lubes, everything else, the hose clamps, everything we forgot to charge for, we were eating that. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a struggle to change in my head that that's what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we did. You know, we joined the 20 group. Um, after a lot of pressure from my peers that's been in it for a long time, mm-hmm. I've soon realized that it was okay to do that, and I was missing the boat to do that. What what changed you to twenty? I mean, what what why is the significance of a twenty group? Well, you get to drill into your numbers, and you get to set there, and everybody drills into your numbers, and you soon realize like, uh, what are they talking about? What am I doing wrong? How can I get better? So you got other shop owners there who are also running their business or Certainly. trying to run their business or whatever, whatever position there was a couple in the same position I was and and they're saying what are you doing here and how come that and you're looking around and you're seeing five or six or eight other shops that have already done it who are saying yeah I, I did that I remember how you feel yes too bad do it anyway right yes, yes. And, and I'm assuming this was inspiring it was very inspiring All you of know a sudden it's possible it's possible right so we went back we we, we added I was scared at first. I added two dollars to each ticket, which was really hard. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to lose customers. Did you lose any customers? No. You Just sure? like they said, I'm pretty sure. And if we lose one of them, you know, it didn't didn't realize it. You know what I always tell a client? I don't mean to steal your story. That's okay. I just want to add this real quick. Um, I always tell them that when they raise their price, you're going to have people that are going to complain. But what you'll find is, if you really look, they're the same people that would have complained at the lower price. Absolutely. It's just now that you've raised your price, you need to justify that complaint, so you blame it on the fact that you raised the price. But whether you charge them $600 or you charge them $800, they're still going to complain. 
They certainly are. Those that don't complain will just pay a higher price. And what ends up happening is the amount of business that you lose is the business you always lost. And I, I think you probably recognize that, but I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody. I did recognize that. I did recognize that. And um, it, it didn't take long for me to realize that um, we didn't lose anybody, and it's okay to make money. Um, I'm going to change some of the processes. Um, we're going to we're going to change our pricing structure. Where you know we're going to raise our price up on our alignments because we were giving our alignments way too cheap. You know, I was told that we should be calling around checking our our competition. We also did that um, and realized we were way too cheap for what we were doing. Um, then I went back and, and added my my eight percent to my tickets, and it didn't matter. Jeff, it didn't matter. Okay. And as we were growing, I needed that money to, to, um, to gain more employees in order to do the work we were doing. Did you at ever point ever at any point think to yourself, my God, I, all of a sudden I'm charging all this extra money, whatever it was, you know, 10% more, whatever it was. Well, I'm not charging and, more money. No, I'm, I'm charging, I'm charging what, what you're supposed to. I'm right? charging what but I'm it's, supposed it's to. adding 10% or so to it the is. invoice. And in doing so, did you ever think to yourself, my God, all those years. All those years. How much profit did I lose? Did that ever go through your head? Why away? did I struggle? I mean, did you think that at I, all? I did think that. And I, how did that make you feel? I, well, you know, I, I, I can't go back to that time No, now. but did you, did you feel like, holy crap? I did, yeah. Holy crap, yeah. I can't believe I went that long. And it was just me holding myself back from what I gained from when I was a little kid. It was just all about work, harder, 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 not smarter. So how did you go from, I can't do this, to I can't not do this? What, what, what was the, the moment? Can you remember the moment where your brain went, oh, yeah, we, got, we, got to, we, we just got to do this? Absolutely. I, I remember that well. I was sitting in one of the classes in, in ATI, and uh, at lunchtime, I, uh, I called Nadine. And I apologized to her. Wow. And I said, Nadine, I realized that we took the bird test. And I realized my personality traits, that I leave some things undone. I let things go a little bit. And I said, you know what, Nadine, I need you to coach me. I need you. I'm paying you a lot of money. I need you to coach me. I need you to keep me on track. And I apologize for wasting your time. I, I really do. And from here on, I'm going to focus on what I need to do. So it was the class for you, wasn't it? It was the class for yeah. me. It, it, it Interesting. was. Interesting. That's cool. So um, as, as we grew, um, we realized shortly after I put some processes in places and uh, was charging right, that we it allowed us to go into a new building. So that was huge. And we went from a... Uh, average repair order from two hundred and thirty dollars in two thousand eleven to nine eighty last year. Wow! So wait, wait, you you increased your ticket by almost three times? Yes, no. sir. Two, four, six, eight. Oh, it's almost four times. Yes. Wow. We were just pushing cars in and out the door, not worrying about pricing right, and trying to please. Well, what's the sales difference now? I mean, where were you? Where are you? As a, you know, it was all total sales. It was. What, what was it? What was it back in 2011? It was a million and six. And where were you? Last year we were at 3.7. Wow. 
and we're on pace to do that again this year, even in, though it's been a rough year. In six years? In six years. Wow. So implementing the processes, charging right, not holding myself back, attending my meetings, holding my, myself responsible for what I need to do, not working in my business mm-hmm. and working on my business. Did, reading, the, did the business miss you when you weren't turning wrenches anymore? Absolutely not. So what would you do about that? Somebody's got to fix cars. I took six weeks off last year. I implemented some people in place to take care of what I needed to take care of when I was missing. So I assume you hired some people. We did. We hired some people. We we started in 2011 with three people and myself, yep. and now we're up to 19 people. How did you do that in this environment? It's impossible to find good staff. It is not impossible to find new sta- uh, staff. Um, well, the hiring process, uh, you get better each each time you do it. You... Uh, you learn who to hire, not the questions to ask, have somebody ready in case somebody leaves, have somebody on your bench. Ah, ah. That's a good one. Thanks yes. for throwing that zinger yes. in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so important. I, I you know, I I, I got to plug some previous podcasts because we've talked about that a lot in some of the other podcasts. You know, and, and, and you had mentioned um, how impactful Leon's podcast was for you, number six, where he talked about head, heart, and hands. Yes. And it sounds to me like that's really what you're talking about. We, we decided to hire a different type of person, which made it easier to find because skills weren't as important. Is that true or not? That's true. And you were able to, how many employees now? 19? 19. In, in what, what amount of years? Five years? Six years? Five, six years. Wow. And you've trained them all, and for the most part. We've trained them all. We've, we've hired some people who had um, some experience to come in, and uh, some people fit, some people didn't. Right. Um, you know, we, we hired a, a, so I want to tell you this little story with, uh, with gaining all my, all my years' experience and the training, training that we do uh, constantly here. Um, there was an uh, employee, a friend, friend of a, an employee, who was incarcerated a couple of times, lived near the bank. Um, you know, talking Wait, he to, lived near the bank? He lived near the bank. Well, so was, every, that, was that why he was incarcerated? Was there something at the bank well, he wanted? <laughs> and, and, and I don't know that. So he, he, he lived beside of the bank, and I'd go up to make my deposit. And Jeff, I, I, I said to myself, he'd come out on the porch, Jeff, hey, man, how would you like to hire me? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll let you know. And uh, after after several times, okay, of uh, him saying that, I was I was afraid he was going to rob me, or I need to <laughs> hire this dude. And um, so I told him, I told him, I said, "Come down, let's do an interview." And uh, I, I figured I would give him a chance, um, and we did. And uh, he wait, turned, wait, something in the interview, I assume, and something in his personality previously made you think, "Hey, maybe this guy has the head, the heart, and the hands." We're yeah, looking for he he had the heart. Okay, he had the heart. He, he wanted it bad. So you saw the heart. I it saw was the worth heart. an interview. It was worth an interview. Got it. Okay. And he come down. We did an interview, and he seemed like he really cared and uh, didn't know anything about tires. Said, that's okay. We're going we're gonna to get you where you need to be. And uh, Jeff, it turned out to be one of the, the best hires I've ever had. Okay. I'd call him on a Saturday. Hey, such and such needs a tire. Can you go open the shop? Can you take it to him? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, boss man. Not a problem. <laughs> okay. And uh, he was dedicated. Every everywhere he went, he wore our shirts, our hats. He advertised big time for me. He was just one of them employees that, once he got going, once he knew what he was doing, he was dedicated. 
And so he's – this is fascinating. I don't mean to cut you off, but when somebody – I mean, you don't have to tell us why he went to jail. It doesn't matter. But clearly he made some mistakes. In his he life. did. And, you know, who's going to give this guy a second chance? You came along and you gave him a second chance. Yeah, because we hired those people that had experience that didn't work out. Yeah. You and, know, that was but you didn't happened. give him a second chance because, well, he was incarcerated. We'll give him a second chance. Yeah. You gave him a second chance because you saw that heart. Yes. And when you combine this, the heart with someone who really just messed up. Yes. And you give that person a chance at a life again. I got to know, does that buy loyalty? I mean, does that buy, I mean, listen, I'm listening to your story and I'm thinking to myself, this guy to some degree, probably owes his whole life to you. Well, think um, about it. And, and that's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, he, we, we lost him last year, and it was very hard. And uh, wow. a gentleman at his funeral said he sat up on the porch, and he asked, he's like, well, two days prior, no, it was about a week prior to that. He come to me. It was very hot out. He said, man, my chest hurts. I said, are you okay? You need to go to the hospital or anything? You need to take a day off? He said, no, boss, man, I got it. Let's just go to work. Not a problem. I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to come up and help you. It's hot. Listen, we got a lot of tires to change. For the next two days, I, I continued helping them up with the big truck tires that we had to do. And he's still having problems? And he didn't say that. He was one of those kind of people that just kept working. You know, yeah. his heart was there. And once we lost him at the funeral home, he told us, uh, one of his friends told us that, hey, he was sitting on the porch the other night and said he was having chest pains. What's a heart attack feel like? And he says, well, if you feel like you're having a heart attack, you need to go get checked. And you know what his reply to him was, was, no, we got too much work to do. Boss man needs me and I don't want to let him down. So that that was. Did he huge. have a heart attack? He did. He had a heart attack and died. So it was his heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of what we're talking about here. It's all about his heart. It, it was, was his heart. That, it was. They got him here, and it, it was it's his heart that took him away. This it certainly is, was. This is heart wrenching. <laughs> it, it, it is. You know, I, I wasn't going to tell this story, but it, it, the one point that I got to get out with 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 raising, raising, charging the right amount, and helping your people put in process, hold them accountable. Um, growing with your employees, all these things help you give them a better life, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. Holding them accountable, making them do things, is giving them a better life, whether they know it or not. They know it. They know it. They know it. They so, don't know they know it until they experience it, and then they know it. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I'm not going to hold myself back anymore with that. We're going to. Um, we we made up a mission statement about we want to train our customers. We want to we want to make them. Um, make our employees more successful, more knowledgeable. So we've been doing lots of training. Once a week is Training Tuesday. So once we, a week. Once a week. Mm. So we'll pop on a couple YouTube videos of how to be inspiring, uh, customer service, things of that nature. So I want to grow my employees. I want to charge right so I can give them a better life. And I'm not going to hold back anymore. How big is your bench right now? You got 19 employees. How many got to sit on the bench? <laughs> I have about uh, three at the moment. One I don't think I can uh, afford because I have no spot for her. Right. But she is on my bench in case something happens. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. That's an incredible story. Thank you. So here we are now. You're in this new location. How many bays? 
it's a one, one big bay and a small bay. We have two alignment machines and five racks. Okay, so you got just like Sears, you got to pull in and yeah. angle into the. And you're, you're doing you're doing almost four million dollars out of that. Yes. Wow. And you said nineteen employees. We do. How, how do you manage that with what do you have? You said five bays and two of us. So it's roughly six bays. It's got to be roughly six that. bays, and we do have a, a back building that handles our commercial end. Okay. We, with with we have uh, um, three service trucks and a boom truck. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Then. So we're heavy on tires. Mm-hmm. But our percentage, with what I've learned, our percentage is getting better with the mechanical side of it. Mm-hmm. So we're not working so hard on tires. Well, tires got it all started for you, right? It did. It certainly yeah. did. Yeah, I know a lot of people listening are probably thinking, that eh, tires, again, ain't no money with tires. But, you know, one thing that, you know, yes, marginal tires is low, but if volume is strong, volume. high profit, right? Yes, what, what can you tell us else about tires? I mean, I, I want to say it, but I'd rather you say it. I don't know if you, you're going where I'm going. But well, uh, tires bring in your car, car count. count with tires? Car, car count's you. high, and yeah. that's what we struggled with at first. We were so heavy on tires that we had a lot of car count, and when, when I joined this process, um, it was hard to slow down in order to check the cars out to get the right amount of of other things that we needed in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And through coaching, got me to that point. It took a while. I didn't want to buy in. It was hard yeah. to change my beliefs. So let's talk a little bit about that because I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. You know, If I were to tell you as a coach what I struggle with with a client, it's just they don't think right. And it's not their fault. I mean, they've been thinking wrong for 20 years. So you know, what, what would make them think that that's not right? right but the reality is it is wrong now it may not have been wrong 20 years ago right what your dad did and how he ran that business right you know who's to say that that thinking was incorrect it was a different time it was a different time but it's it doesn't work today and because of that you know and you were able to for whatever reason you know your eyes opened up maybe it was the class but whatever it was that you went you know what I got to try something else and I think that when you teach yourself to be open to new ideas, you then become more and more open to new ideas. New ideas, absolutely. The the, the um, support staff that we have around us now, with with going to places, meeting new new um, business owners, sharing their experience, mm-hmm. absolutely helps. One hundred percent. It gives me the confidence that I'm doing what I need to do. So it was five, six, seven years later. You know, you're saying to to um, to us right now that you know because I was able to open my mind up then and here I am now five or so years later there's nothing I'll open my mind up to am I, is that a fair statement? there's nothing I've, I've uh, even opened my mind up to coaching you know um, stepping back a little bit helping other people in my position that hasn't been through it and letting them know it's okay what about your staff I mean, do you, you say leader, but isn't coaching part of that role? It certainly is, and we've we've taken on that with our one-on-ones, mm-hmm. talking wow. to our staff, one-on-ones. talking to my. How often do you have a one-on-one? Once a week. Once a week, you with talk to every employee. Not every once employee. A week? How I, many? I talk to my my five my four main guys. Okay. And then they have their their meetings also. So I'm also letting 
my supervisors have. So they have the one. They have meetings. Yeah. Ah, they have okay. meetings, so they feel like they're they're somebody. They're in charge, and it holds them responsible. And it also allows the employees under them to recognize that they have some control and they have to report to them before they all come running to me. Because before it was all come running to me, just like my customers. Hey, where's Jeff at? Where's Jeff at? Well, Jeff's no longer on the counter. These people can take care of you. Right, right. So it's, it's a big change. So this structure we're talking about, this training we're talking about, I mean, you know, if you were to say in such a short period of time we're able to go from doing, you know, a million six is certainly not a, a small number, but no. compared to almost four million, yes. it's, a, it's a teeny number, okay? So to go from a million six to 3.7 in such a short period of time, what would you say were some of the bigger reasons why, other than the fact that you changed the way you looked at things, what, what changed? Yes, opening my mind was number one, accepting the fact that we can't do it. Right. You can do anything you set your mind to. What happened in the structure of the business though? What was different? Um, setting up the processes. 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 Ah, SOPs. Yes. Written or just verbal? Written. At written. first, it was verbal. Right. You know, uh, finally got them written down. They're all hearing me beat a dead horse here, but they. But need it's to okay, hear you know. Okay. And, and it was hard for me to do it, okay, because I'm still changing over to being the CEO. Yeah. Um, so one day we actually had a oil change and and tire rotation. Uh, we had a contest. For all the general service guys, I want you to think about when you pull out that car, you get in there, you start it to the time you put that ticket back in. What do you actually do to that car? What is every step from point A to the end? And okay. I want you to write it down, and I'm going to give an award for the best one. So wait a minute. So they wrote the process. They wrote the process for it will change. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, Jeff, that the best guy who wrote it actually left, wrote something in there and realized that they wasn't doing it every day. So what he wrote was not what he was doing? Yes. Ha! <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. No. Because they know what they're supposed oh, to do. Oh, they know what they're supposed that to do. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So then that became in writing. Did they start doing it? Yes. Of course. Everything's gotten better, you know, throughout the processes. and, and It's because you had people who had head, heart, and hands. Yes, Otherwise, you wouldn't have had that stuff. Nope. I know I sound like I'm, I'm a broken record here, but it's here, true, but yeah. It's got it, to it's come true. through. Yep. People have to realize that once you implement those things, everything else just grows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. 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 Would you ever, do you ever think that, you know, 20 or so years ago when you worked for your dad, that, that you'd ever be where you are today? Absolutely not. I knew I wanted to be there. I knew I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. You know, and that's my entrepreneurship coming out after I realized, after I read the E-Myth, that that is absolutely my life at the beginning. You were a thoroughbred that was kept behind a gate for a lot of years. No, You know, nothing against your dad. No. You didn't know any better, no. right? It's just how it was. Um, but once they open a gate and let you run free, you know, look where you are. It's yes. amazing. You know, I'm going to tell a quick little story that uh, in my career here at ATI... We, uh, this is, God, probably five years ago, we were in a, a company meeting, and a big one of our bigger meetings where everybody was there, and uh, Chubby was doing his little thing. He usually takes about an hour and talks to us all. And this was one of those times where things weren't going so well. We are having a sales slump, and, you know, he's going to inspire us, he's going to piss us off, whatever it is he's going to do, right? So 
I'll never forget this. He looked at us all and he said, if you're not growing, you're going. And your story really, that resonates for me. That, that statement resonates for me with your story because your dad didn't want to grow and you did. And you recognize that by not growing, you wouldn't be around much longer. Absolutely. And not knowing it, that statement of you're growing, if you're not growing, you're going. I think that that just was a natural part of who you are and you needed to grow because you to. didn't want to go. I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and deep down, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach. I, I love my staff. I love uh, teaching them to grow also. And that's, that's where I needed to be. It's amazing. It's not about the cars, is it? It's not about the cars. Or the tires. It's, it's, it's not about the money either. Right. It's, it's not. It, it, for me, it's not. It's uh, enjoying my employees, making sure they grow, um, growing myself. It makes me feel like I'm somebody. Jeff, this was an amazing story. Thank you. Man, I really appreciate you sharing it with us. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Not a problem. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, everyone, sharpen your pencils. It's time for reflection. I'm going to start off with a quote right from Jeff. It was instilled in me to work as hard as I can, as much as I can, and make a little bit of money. How many of you can relate to this? Work hard and good things will come your way, right? This is a solid work ethic that helped to build this great country of ours. But I fear we were getting a mixed message because the money was so unimportant, we came to believe we cannot charge what we need to and so many of us struggled financially as a result. You know, Randy teaches in his class the importance of profit and making money. And he gives a few examples that I stole from him I'd like to share with you today. Did you know that movie theater pays 37 cents for that bag of popcorn that you paid 8 or 10 or $12 for? It's over a 1,200% markup. Did you know that bottled water you paid 2 or 3 or $4 for only cost the manufacturer 5 cents to make? Over a 4,000% markup. Those EpiPens that you may need, that you paid six or seven or $800 for, cost the manufacturer only a few dollars to make that two-pack. Eyeglasses, over a 1,000% markup. Coffee shop coffee, 300%. Greeting cards, 200%. Wine in a restaurant, 300%. Hotel mini bar, 400%. And if you think about jewelry and printer ink and college books, how much do you think those are marked up? Is it really unfair for us to want to make 60% on our business? Are you working in your business or are you working on it? Are you changing tires or are you changing lives? Are you a leader or are you a doer? It took many years, but when Jeff finally realized he had to change and learn to let go of the things he held so dear, so did his business. 
Jeff increased his ARO by almost four times and went from 1.6 million to 3.7 million in just six years. And now he takes six weeks of vacation every year. All of this was possible because one huge change that caused a tsunami of change that followed. Once Jeff saw what was possible and made the mental shift, nothing stood in his way. Not even the difficulties we face today with finding and hiring good staff. Jeff had talked about so many things in this interview. I wanted to point out a few nuggets that I pulled, and hopefully you pulled the same. Jeff said, open your mind. Believe you can do it, because you can. Listen to your coach. Be open to everything. Focus on finding staff by filling your bench. Interview often and improve your interview skills. Train weekly, constantly, and relentlessly. Conduct one-on-one -on -one meetings every week with all of your staff. Create and implement written SOPs, processes, and procedures. Don't be afraid to make money and charge correctly. And make sure you look for the right people, those with head, heart, and hands. It's time to be honest with yourself. Who is really holding you back? Are you growing or are you going? You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, by emailing podcast at autotraining.net. Let me know what it is you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when the next podcast is available. If you're unfamiliar with ATI and you want to learn more, you can check us out online at autotraining.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.